Hey guys, we're back with another episode of Shades Woods. We're the worst sisters. I'm Sadie. Cheers, <laughs> <laughs> <Do you still laughs> love. <laughs> and I'm Arzum. <laughs> and our motto is: if attempted murder is a cr- is a crime, then attempted comedy is a podcast. This week we're doing another episode of Shades Woods, where we will cover episodes 19, 20, and 21 of season two of Pretty Little Liars. Um, episode 19 is called A Naked Truth and this is the episode where they have, um, they spend the night in the school and they have the, what's it called you guys? The Truth Up or something? Yeah, Truth Up Day. The Truth Up Day, yep. Um, thank you, Arzu. Um, a lot is going on in this episode that we'll get into in a little bit. Do you guys want to cover the other episodes? Yeah, so I'll cover episode 20, which is called Control A, which is very fitting um, because this episode, the main thing that sort of happens is that Caleb is now more on A's radar and has been um, trying to teach Hannah how to hack to help him with something that might come up. And she is quite literally trying to control A, her problems away. So we'll talk more about that in a little bit. Episode 21 is called Breaking the Code. And um, in this episode, we see that A has started to expand their horizons to newer victims. All right. So let's kick into it. Let's kick right into it. Who do we want to start with? I'm not going to answer because every time I do, you guys shoot me down. (laughs) Um, Answer and then we won't do that person. Okay. If I were you guys, I think we would do Emily. I think you might be right. But if I was me, I think we should dispense her. Because that's where all the drama is. Yes. Okay, Emily. Who's going to unpack her baggage? Okay, so the first thing that happens in this episode is Spencer, Aria and Emily are in Spencer's living room and they've got the uh, the raincoat that they've picked up from Vivian Darkbloom's ticket that they found. While they're looking at it, they find a note in the pocket and it's got a phone number. They're discussing whether or not they should uh, call the number and find out more about Vivian and they're going back and forward. Um, Spencer accuses Emily of being scared because Emily's like, oh, I don't know if we should. Um, and then she gets like weirdly like, no, I'm not scared. Like I thought that was a weird reaction. Did anyone else think that was a weird yeah, reaction? Yeah, that was a weird reaction. It was just so like unwarranted. She try- She feels like, it feels like she's trying to prove herself too much. Like she's overcompensating for her scaredness. Yeah. And Like, it didn't have any build-up or any flow-on. It was just a very weird one-off reaction, I thought. And then Aria calls the number and she introduces herself to the person on the other end and she says she's a friend of Vivian. So with the whole phone number thing, I kind of left most of that under Aria and Spencer. I don't really have much else in that storyline in terms of Emily. So the long story short is the vice principal, um, what did you say his name was? Tamborelli, is that right? Yeah, Tamborelli. Anyway, the vice principal, Tamborelli, doesn't want anyone in the pool that might tarnish the school's image. And so Emily's having a bit of a complaint about that. Um, to I can't remember who she's talking to, but we're just getting her having that conversation with someone so we can set – set the scene for the things coming forward after that. Emily's at the Truth Update and she's been put in a group that's being led by um, Ashley Marin. And the only other person I think we know in her group is Mona. 
Um, there's this yeah. game that um, Ashley has started and basically she asks a bunch of questions. Everyone starts in a, in a line and you have to take a step forward anytime you've experienced that thing. So it's like, please take a step forward if um, you've ever felt unsafe at school. And Emily gets a bit bold. She takes two steps forward and then Ashley's like, no, take one step back. And then the principal comes in, the vice principal, Tamborelli, comes in again. And um, another similar question comes up being like, do you feel um, like your voice is heard or something along those lines at this school? Yeah, it's a welcome and, welcoming and safe or something like that. Yeah. Yeah, it's the welcoming and safe environment. And Emily, again, being bold, stares the principal in the face and then takes two big steps forward. And when Ashley calls her out on it again, she's like, one step is not enough, um, which I thought was funny because it's two steps enough then. Like, yeah, yeah, because every day she's at the school, it's getting worse, apparently, and that it's not welcoming and that she used to enjoy being at school and being a part of a team. But since she can't do that, um, it's becoming a worse place for her and temporarily kind of pulls her to the side and basically says, Emily, like, have a good long think about whether like I'm doing this to you or I'm doing this for your teammates basically because you've made them feel unwelcome and unsafe with your sort of history of arrest and stuff. Yeah, your shenanigans. And he says, Emily, you're no saint. Take a look at what you did um, and what got you to this point basically. And we can see Mona eavesdropping on this conversation while this is happening. It's hard not to eavesdrop. I know, yeah. like, as if everyone wasn't eavesdropping. I was. I know, I know. <laughs> I was in that student group and I was eavesdropping. You were in another student group and you were eavesdropping. I know, right? I just thought this um, scene was really interesting because I think it, I, know, I kind of was like, yeah, I get where the principal's coming from. Like, you don't just get to get arrested and stuff like that and come off scot-free. And like, I don't know. Yeah, so I think this whole, up until now, I didn't really think of it from the perspective of, oh, like other people might be feeling unsafe around Emily and that this was something that's happening to Emily. But if he's thinking of the greater like students as well, I'm like, oh, that actually makes a lot of sense. Yeah. That scene where Emily is like acting out and being a bit of a rebel to get her point across did not at all go the way she thought it was going to go. It didn't do what she thought it did. Mm. So the next thing that happens to Emily is... Um, that she talks to Mona about what happened, right? Yeah. And Mona is surprisingly nice. Yeah. So they make a bit of a friendship and Mona says, look, I'll help you out. I know that he, you know, lets the boys go back on the team when they've been bad. They decide anyway that they're going to break into Temporelli's office. Mona makes like an yep. announcement on the speakerphone um, and it yes. doesn't sound like her voice. It sounds like a legit voice calling Emily to the office. Emily goes to the office and Mona's just sitting in there. And she's like, was that you? Like, I couldn't tell her that was you. And she said, yeah, it's a gift. So Mona has spent some time working in the office. And the office lady was her only friend for a while. Mm. She used to volunteer there. So she knows how to use the programs and stuff. And she did some um, mad searching and she found evidence that uh, Mr. Tamborelli had a, had like taken a bribe so that he would mm-hmm. let um, one of the boys back onto the swim team. And Mona's great quote from this is when um, Emily was not sure about it, about um, blackmailing and stuff, Mona said to her, you can't be a shark if you've got no teeth. Yeah, super good quote. 
Loved it. But yeah, so that's an interesting scene. My thing I don't get is, as a, I guess, principal whose, like, job is on the line, do you not think that maybe a $2,000 chair is not worth the <laughs> the bribe? Yeah, I know. Take a better bribe. Take cash. Don't take our chair. What, so you can sit yeah. at your desk longer? I think not. <laughs> yeah, agreed. What actually happens after they break into the office is Emily's having second thoughts about doing it. She says, I can't bribe a school official. And the whole sharks comment um, that you just made the porcelain is what happens. But we see Mona takes Emily under her wing, I guess, and she does it for Emily. We see her talking to the principal and he walks off frustrated. And Mona tells her, you're back on the team, girly. Better get your floaties ready or something. And she says, but now that they're friends, she needs her help. And she's like, okay, what do you need? What does one wear to a swim meet? Will my wedges get soggy? Yeah. <laughs> and I just thought that was such a cute little moment for them. I love their friendship blossoming. Yeah. Very cute. They do a little hug and everything. And I think that's honestly it for episode 19 for Emily. Yeah. Like legit nothing happened to her. Did anything happen yeah. to her in the other two episodes? So Barely. in the next episode... <laughs> She wins a trophy for the Sharks again, and it's yay, but it's also the end of the season already. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Also, yeah, she was like a shark for one second, and she's already their champion. Yeah, of course, because she's Emily Fields. Yeah. Um, Ashley and Hannah throw Emily and the team like a little, like, yay, congratulations sort of party. Celebration party, I guess, is the word I'm looking for, not a yay party. (laughs) (laughs) A yay party sounds great. Yeah, so they're having their yay party. Um, But before that happens, Maya needs to talk to Emily. And the gist of the situation is that Maya's parents found an old joint in her things and they want to send her back to True North. Um, Maya doesn't want to go and they're kind of worried about how that's going to turn out. But... (laughs) Well, this was funny because Maya's like, oh, yeah, it was an old joint, like old, old. And then like 10 seconds later, she's like, okay, fine, it was old, but not that old. I know. She was sitting on the deck smoking. Yes, Emily catches her about to light up and yeah. she says, you know, what's what what do you think you're doing? Like, how old was that joint? And she's like, it's not that old. And then she's kind of like, What are you doing? Like, I'm a guest in this house. My teammates are here. They're all like trying to get athletic scholarships and stuff like that. Like, what do you think you're doing? And Maya somehow turns this around about her and is like, Oh, Yes, got to be your perfect team, like, you know, catches me with a joint or something like that and Hmm. that Emily can fit in better than her and, you know, but she didn't really care about it, but she actually just acts like she doesn't care about it and it was just like this weird scene that didn't make any sense or had anything to do with her smoking at Hannah's house. Yeah, Um, she kind of had a mental breakdown and you're right, it made no sense. Yeah, the things you were saying about, oh, your teammates are so important to you, blah, blah, blah. But, like, Emily hasn't even been spending time with her teammates. It was this one day. Yeah, legit. Legit. It was this one day where they're all celebrating a team victory and she's being weird about it. And she even says to, like, uh, Emily, like, I can't go back to True North, so I'm going to run away. Um, I have some friends in San Francisco and asks Emily to go with her. And when she says she can't, she's like, oh, not even for me. And she's like, no, I guess not. Your team needs you. And then she runs off into the night. Yeah, And then like, she's literally think... never heard from again for the rest of these episodes. <laughs> I know. Like, 
I don't think it's the fact that she's not running away for you. That's a problem. It's the fact that she's underage. Her mum is in Texas. She's just trying to, like, she's still in school and she's just not being ridiculous. Like, it yeah. has nothing yeah. to do with your relationship. has everything to do with her being sensible. And if you really, like, love someone, you wouldn't ask them to drop their entire life because you can't stop smoking pot. That's my two cents on that. I really dislike Maya. Like, I don't know. Nothing's, like, ever about what it's meant to be about with her. And it's just confusing. Yeah, she's toxic. That, that's, like the epitome of like toxic relationships yeah giving her ultimatums and stuff and ignoring her calls um and i guess the only thing that happens in the next episode is emily's calling maya and she's not answering so emily's getting cranky we find out that Paige has come out to her parents basically when emily is confiding in her about her fight with emily Paige tries to kiss her because she's like this is who she is. When things get tough, she bails. But what you need is someone you can count on and then tries to kiss her. But, like, you're not someone she can count on. You try to drown her. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and even Maya had the sound of mind to recognise that that was problematic. Yes. Emily just draws partners from everywhere. Like, there's a risk she's about to break up with Maya and then just, bam, pages on the scene right then and there. <laughs> Yeah, all of Emily's drama is relationship-based and nothing beyond that. And it's like, like, she's more than just a lesbian. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) No, she has two traits. She's a lesbian and a swimmer. Yeah, well, exactly. So now that the um, swim drama's been resolved, she's got to have lesbian drama. Yeah, and just throughout the episode, we see lots of Emily trying to call Maya and saying that she misses her and that she loves her and stuff. But then we end the episode with the police coming to Emily's house and says, I want to talk to you about Maya St. Germain. That's all we know. Yes. Dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. And that's all of Emily. Um, should we do Aria next? Aria finds Holden and asks him about the bruise and he kind of blows her off again. And they're like about to hang a, I don't know why, but they're hanging a blank canvas directly onto the wall. Like, wouldn't you write on it first? But whatever. Maybe it's one that they ride on during the thing. But when he goes to get go get thumbtacks, he knocks over his bag and all of these, a bunch of, like this big bag of pills pops out of his bag and he runs over and pops it back in and they have like this weird eye contact moment where they've both seen it and they're not acknowledging it. Um, yeah. Can I just ask, why always in these shows people leave their um, contraband in like really easily accessible parts of their bag that just fly open and things fall out? Would you not put it in the freaking zip so it doesn't fall out? Or like, yeah, one of the pockets or something. Like, you don't just put it in the open bag at the very top so that if it even tips over a slight, the whole contents of your bag falls out. How how will there be drama? <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Um, And then at the Truth Up Day, Holden's worried about Arya telling her mum about something that's going on. Arya says she doesn't want to do their fake like dating situation anymore because he may be hooked on something or dealing drugs and stuff um and so this is the thing I, I wanted to complain about when he's about to explain what it is because he says that he's way off that vice, mm. vice principal cr- cuts in front of like 50 people to get to Holden who's like third in like line for one of the lines and says start a new line but like, he went past like 50 students waiting to the side I know I know Holden needs to start a new line. He does. Yeah. We need a leader like you. Yeah, he's um, he's 
forgotten how to wait in the wilds of Portugal, as Aria would say. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. He needs a social, um, what was the word? I don't remember. I want to, I want to say jet blast, but I know it's not that. <laughs> <laughs> it was something similar though. Jolt his social battery or something like that. I don't know. Yeah, something. Arya is in one of the rooms with Caleb and Jenna and that's being led by Jason and Veronica. Um, and like, yeah, and Caleb is so like angsty. I don't know. He thinks he's so tough, but mate, you're just bullying a blind girl in a room that you're supposed to be not bullying people. Okay, so Jenna makes this big speech basically about how she trusts no one and that the school's not a welcoming place and um, when Ella asks her to – not Ella, sorry. Uh, Veronica asks her to elaborate on it. She says, well, let's talk about the day, for example, that I was cornered in the girls' room and I was slapped in the face. El, um, Veronica was like, did you report this to the school? And Caleb's like, no, she couldn't because then she would have to admit she threw the first punch. And it's like, whoa. And then Caleb yeah. is like – um, we are telling the whole truth today, right? Like, not just what we want to remember. And then he says this iconic line where he goes, it's Caleb, by the way, in case you were confused, which is exactly what Hannah says when she slapped her in the face. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, go team. Yeah. <laughs> but I find this very funny because he's not acknowledging the fact that he is the reason that Jenna got slapped and why. Um, I know. But yeah, so I'm just like, Okay, Caleb, so if we're telling the whole truth today, do you want to say how Jenna paid you to hack on your girlfriend and, like, live with her and that's why she got slapped in the face? Exactly. <laughs> and, okay, so at some something that happens in Hannah and Caleb's storyline basically makes Arya have to start looking for Caleb. Um, and when she's looking for him, she checks the rooftop and she puts these bricks on the door and everything to try and keep it open and the door still closes somehow and we see someone, like, moving behind her. And so she decides she's going to check even higher up on the roof in case Caleb is there. And suddenly Noel is grabbing her foot and he's like, I want to talk to you. And she's just screaming. And the next minute, we don't know where this happened, where this came from or where, what happened, but Noel comes flying in foot first and kicking Noel in the knee and pulls you Aria down. Holden. He's like, what you did I Holden. say? You said Noel comes flying in foot first and kicks off Noel. <laughs> well, how much more impressive would that have been? <laughs> it would have been pretty good <laughs> yeah so Holden comes flying in foot first and kicks Noel in the knee and Noel's like what the hell man I wasn't even attacking her and he's like come yeah. on Arya let's go and locks him onto the roof I know but also this kick so- was so good that Arya was like are you doing <laughs> what did she guess at first I don't know but basically, she knew he was doing some sort of fighting. Yeah, she was like, are you in some underground fight club with no teeth? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Can I, can I just say something yeah. right here, right now? I called this. I well, totally you said he was in a well, fight didn't. club. I said you. Yeah, he's just doing martial arts. <laughs> I'm sorry, but I know how every bad TV movie goes. Sadie, by that logic, I was also in a fight club because I have a yellow belt. <laughs> Sadie and I also have yellow belts, by the way. Yeah, exactly. We're all in a fight club. (laughs) We're all in a fight club. So next thing for Arya is in the next episode. Um, Holden comes up to her and says that he's been doing Korean martial arts and he's going to do a contest and that's why he needs Arya to cover for him. 
She says, yes, okay, sure, because I owe you one. Like I said, fight club. Yeah. Whatever, Sadie, it's not a fight club. Okay. Um, Ella says to Byron that she thinks that they can loosen up a bit and that Ella, um, Aria can start taking the train into Philadelphia. Byron says no and says make her stay closer to home, which fair, honestly. I know, I'm starting Why to get concerned. Why does she need to go to I'm starting to get concerned because yeah. I'm actually team Byron so often lately. <laughs> I know. And I'm like, he's speaking the truth. Like, she's lost her privileges to be driven an hour away when she slept with her English – well, when she was with her English teacher, right? So I'm team Byron. If she wants to go out and they're already being flexible and letting her go out, you go out locally and that's it. I'm not going to be your chauffeur so you can go to the city. Exactly. Agreed. Exactly. Aria and Ezra are making plans to go have dinner at a vegan French restaurant because he must really love her. But before they're about to go, Aria's dad gets a note on his car saying, do you want to know where your daughter will be? I do. Tonight at Chez Mirabelle Vegan Bistro and gives them the details. Byron is then like a bit concerned and starts asking Aria about her date, which is apparently at an arcade that she's super overdressed for. And as she's about to go, Ella talks to her and says that Holden has a heart condition and his mum wants him to hang out closer to home, basically. And Arya clearly didn't know about it, but pretended that she did. Mm. Um, and when she's about to go meet Ezra, instead she follows Holden, because I guess she's worried about him, and confronts him about his heart condition. And he just says that he's going to enjoy his life because it's already shorter than everyone else's, and he's not going to run away in front of the TV. Meanwhile, while this is all happening... Um, Arya really lucked out by not going and cancelling on Ezra because when Ezra's about to walk into the restaurant, Byron is sitting there having tea and dinner. He should have gone in. Maybe he would have got another promotion. <laughs> Literally, Ezra owes his whole career to Arya at this point. Yeah. If he didn't date her, he wouldn't have had like 800 job offers. Yeah. And also another thing is it's lucky that Arya did go there because Byron calls Arya and asks to speak to Holden. Yeah. And for the first time, they actually are together. So the next episode, Ezra's interviewing for that job and Ella walks in to ask Ari about the letter that was on Byron's car. She acts like she doesn't know what it's about and um, Ella's just like, oh, the person who sent me a letter about Meredith was also signed off by A and we're going to be looking into this. And yeah, Ezra gets offered that mm-hmm. job and she's like, oh, of course they did. They offered it to you. Why wouldn't they? Because he has no teaching experience. He's had like two jobs in like seven months maybe and he's only just come out of high school. Why is he an assistant dean? Yeah, exactly. Not high school, university, sorry. Yeah. But um, that aside, he's like, I have to give them an answer. I haven't given them an answer yet. And Arya's like, yet? Like, yeah, that's how questions work, Arya. You have to give an answer eventually. And Ezra's kind of like, if I don't take the job, your dad's going to know what's up. And Arya's kind of like, oh, well, we'll work around it like we always do. How are you going to work around it? What are you going to say to make him believe that he's not staying there for you? It's not like he's going to get yeah. another assistant dean's job at Hollis now. And he makes this big speech about how he's giving up on them because um, they've been trying so hard and they've deluded themselves into believing it can work. And then he leaves her crying there. Yeah. So she goes home and she's crying in her bed and her mum is like, hey, what's going on? And she's like, Ezra's leaving and, you know, it's dad's fault because of the job situation thing and the mum didn't know. And she says, you may have gotten rid of Ezra, but you lost me too. And she runs out of the house. First of all, is the mum not questioning how you know about any of this because you shouldn't have been talking to Ezra this whole time? Yeah, well, she clearly figured it out um, because Aria then runs off and she's having dinner at 
Ezra's house with Ezra, and then there's a knock yes. at the door, and it's um Arya's mum. Ella. It's Ella. Yeah, and she's like, "I'm not here to take you home. I'm here to listen." Which you should just take her home, honestly. I'm like, you're an idiot, Ella. Like, I need Byron on this. <laughs> That's pretty much all that happens to Arya. She gives her mum like a thank you sort of look and is happy. And I'm like, you really shouldn't be because you pulled some shit just then. Yeah. And I think that's it for Arya and her drama. And now Hannah. And now Hannah. Hannah's storyline mainly revolves around the dramas that she has with Kate and then um, things happening with Caleb. Someone sent a photo of Kate naked in the um, locker room. To the whole school Mm -hmm. from Hannah's phone. So Hannah says it wasn't her. She was being set up and um, no one's believing her. So the kind of episode starts with um, them sitting outside the principal's office waiting to go in and speak to him. The funniest thing that happened in this scene was when um, the, like, Temporelli comes out and he says, Mrs. Marin and Isahel says yes. (laughs) Yes. And Asher's like, dang. (laughs) Um, well, they both say yes, and it's awkward. Yeah. And so when they're talking in the principal's office, Isahel is on the defense, right? She's like, Ashley's a bad mother. She's never home. And then Ashley's like, um, actually, I'm a single mom who works a lot because you stole my husband. <laughs> yeah. And um, yeah, Ashley, like, I'm wondering in all of this, where actually is Tom, though? Because there's this Yeah, drama. he's both of their parents. <laughs> he's both of their parents. This drama is unfolding in his extended family. Like, Isabel is there being like, no, you should expel Hannah for this. Where is Tom in all of this? Like, shouldn't they be figuring this out at home? That's um, such a good question. I didn't even yeah. think of it. But yes, why isn't Tom there? He's literally the reason there's beef between these two girls to begin with. Yeah. Like, he just... Uh, messes up everyone's lives, then runs for the hills when drama starts. And he knew this was a possibility because <laughs> Hannah told him. He was like, she's going to make my life hell. <laughs> and, like, so the fact that they've got a conflict yeah. shouldn't be a surprise to him. Yeah. And he should be there trying to work it out. Anyway, and, yeah, it makes no sense. They're like a family unit, essentially, with Tom as the common factor, right? I would yeah. think that he would want to solve this outside of the school and not have one of his daughters expelled. Like, surely he would pull Isabel aside and say, no, actually, do not go to the principal and tell him to expel my daughter. Temporelli uh, tells him that Hannah's not going to be just let off the hook, but they're going to go and attend the True Cup Day. So, and this is where they're trying to build up, you know, trusts and address bad behavior and all of that. It's kind of like that Mean Girls thing, you know, at the Mean yeah. Girls, when they do that um, thing at the school. Who has been personally victimized by Regina George? Yeah. It's very much got those vibes. Um, it does. And I feel like it's a terrible idea. Yeah. Like, why would you put yeah. these teenagers that hate each other in a locked school overnight when they're not even supervised that well? Like, we'll see from the rest yeah. of the episodes that... There's, like, four parents and two teachers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They're running wild in there. Even the parents are, like, doing their own drama. They're not paying attention to the kids. The kids are running wild everywhere. Um it's just chaos. I don't know why they thought this was a good idea. Anyway, okay. Ashley volunteers. She's going to supervise um, at the Truth Up Day. And what does Temporelli say to them? They need to bring a sleeping bag and a change of attitude. <laughs> I like that line, though. Yeah, and then I think the girls start talking about the um, like the situation that Hannah's in. 
But Hannah is convinced that A's just going to keep on lashing out to them. And they had all the power when they had A's phone, but A's using their phones against them now. Yeah. Yep. Ashley finally addresses Hannah and says, I want to talk to you about what's been happening. This is like the second time you've said someone set you up for something. Like, what is happening? And, you know, Hannah's obviously scared of telling her about A and what might happen. So she doesn't say anything. And then Ashley says, well, did you actually send that picture then? Like, Hannah's like, I didn't do it as her mum kind of walks away. But I think that trust there is falling apart because yeah. Ashley wants answers. Hannah's not giving them to her. And there's only so much you can believe someone if they're not telling you the truth, right? Yeah. It doesn't yeah. add up. And I think the next thing is they're actually at the truth up gay, right? Yep. I think so. So she's in the group with Kate and they're being supervised by Ella. Yeah. And um, Noel is in the group too. Yeah, Noel's also in the group. Noel's just everywhere this episode, I just say. He actually is. Is Noel triplets. Noel, Noel and Noel. Yeah. When asked what things they want to change, Kate says she wants to go back to her old school. Noel says he wants a hot tub. Um, and then Ella goes back and says, like, talk to me about this. What did your old school have that we don't have? And Kate's like a nice people. Um, and basically everyone just gangs up on Hannah. Yeah, I don't yeah. believe you, Kate. No one <laughs> in high school is nice. <laughs> yeah. And everyone basically gangs up on Hannah and Noel's like, oh, you know, girls fight way dirtier than boys. Guys throw a punch and then it's over. But, you know, girls sneak behind each other's backs. They talk, they gossip, they spread lies, whatever. And then yeah. he hits on Kate and says, but if I were you, I'd take out the billboard. Hannah kind of cries and says, like, you know, Mrs. Montgomery, you've known me my whole life. Do you think I could have done this? And then Ella's kind of just standing there like, uh, like what? <laughs> like I'm meant to be a biased teacher right now. And yeah. then Hannah's like, you know what? Never mind. I already know your answer and storms off. And the next thing I have for Hannah is that they're all having their dinner together and Kate is sitting alone. And as she's pulling off her sweater, Hannah notices like a birthmark on her side and kind of soon figures out that the – photo was edited um either the birthmark was removed or the head was put onto a different body or something but you know it doesn't match up and that's when hannah's suspicious that kate had something to do with it because why would a enhance or make the body look better before sending it out hannah asks kate to talk in the bathroom and kate's kind of all like if this is an apology it's too late hannah confronts her with the stuff that she said being like oh you know next time you're taking off a sweater in public you should be careful um of what who's around you and then kate snaps and is like what was i supposed to do she broke so quickly though (laughs) she did it was so instant so instant yeah and it's just like she starts having that breakdown and then hannah's like oh aria can i use your phone and she's like yeah just one sec i'm recording something this conversation and she comes out of the store so lame and yeah then hannah goes and tells the principal what happened and I think the next thing that happens in Hannah's timeline is she finds out more about Caleb's computer. Yes. Um, Caleb's explaining to her the concept of a hotspot. And he says, I have a hotspot in my pocket. And she's like, I know, but that, what's that got to do with the, what's that got to do with the computer? <laughs> so cringe. Very lame. Very cringe. Yeah. He says, I am the Wi-Fi. Which I, okay. So we're going to talk about this probably in more detail in a second, but yeah. Yeah, a hotspot basically means that you can use that to connect to the Wi-Fi wherever you are. 
and yeah. you can do it more privately than using your the Wi-Fi system that you have at the school and whatever. Like I get it, mm. but why is he using his hotspot to then hack into his computer from forever away? What difference does that make? Yeah, it doesn't make any. Like, why is he teaching her? No, it doesn't make any. Like, I don't know anything yeah. about hacking, and even I know that doesn't make sense. I just know yeah. what a hotspot is. Just, it was just convenient for the storyline. But yeah, I've got a lot to say about this when we get there. But anyway, the next thing that happens is um, his laptop gets confiscated. So yes. we saw at the end of one of the episodes, um, the one previous, A takes Caleb's laptop when they're in that up, uh, truth, up. truth up thing, right? But Caleb has his laptop yep. the next day. That's what he's typing on. Um, yes. And then Garrett comes in with a warrant, essentially, and it says that they've got his IP address has been found hacking into the school files and they're allowed to take his laptop away. And um, they don't know how to crack into it, though. So they leave it turned off and they can't get to it without his hotspot. When the cops leave, Hannah gets a message from A and it says now it's Caleb's turn. So she starts to get suspicious. Like she knows A was behind this. Um, And Hannah's freaking out about it and she's trying to convince Caleb to hack into it and delete stuff. And he's like, nah, it's fine. Like everything of mine is so secure. They'll never get into it. Um, And there's nothing in there anyway. Like I back everything up and lock them down. And she's like, but I'm worried that someone has put something on your computer. Just get in there and delete it. And he's like, fine. And the only way to get it onto it is to get the computer to be online. And then we see Garrett trying to log on, but Wilden stops him and says it's tempting, but don't do it because we can't, um, because we don't know what he'll do, basically. And I think that's Garrett trying to make sure that anything, I guess, that might indicate him or suggest that Mm -hmm. he has something to do with anything um, is not on there. But you can see this whole episode that Garrett's, like, pretty on edge about this whole thing. Mm. Um, When Caleb is trying to log into his computer – he also shows um, Hannah his password. Like he's alternating capital letters of each state he lived in in order. And then the last four digits is 1105 with an exclamation point. We find out what they all yeah. mean later on, like what those numbers mean later on. But after he's taught Hannah that, they they come and take him, don't they, in the next one? With it. Well, he goes because he was on the phone talking to the cops. And they say they'll give him his laptop back if he cooperates. Mm-hmm. And um, at first he wasn't going to. He just shakes his head and leaves. The thing that annoys me is basically he decides he's going to go to the police station, get Hannah to log in remotely and delete things when he gets it online. Mm-hmm. But he doesn't tell yeah. anyone this plan until he's already at the police station. Yeah. And he calls Hannah and he leaves. gives her a cryptic message she's never actually hacked into a computer before you didn't get her to write down your password like so much is wrong with this plan caleb why didn't you just tell her what the plan is get her ready and set up first and then go to the police station no deal so once once the computer comes online press this button and then delete everything yeah exactly and so instead hannah is freaking out she's got um spencer trying to help her um they're trying to crack the case and they eventually get in there they also have to go through the effort of trying to find what the files that are saved on there might be and they find them under hefty it's under hefty freaking a um and they delete it right as right as kind of wilden clicks on it they all start disappearing and caleb's like 
oh, I guess I have a, um, a virus or something. Yeah, and on those files, um, it was like bank records, social security numbers, expenses and things like that for teachers and students in the school. So it could have been like really bad if he had all of that information he stole from the school system. Yeah. Um, and then we find out that the date at the end of um, – the number at the end of that password was a date, the date they first – you know, there was more than just hooting going on in those woods, as Sadie would yeah. say. <laughs> exactly. It was that day. Yeah. She's like, you could have told me. And he's like, Hannah, there was an exclamation point. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Oh, yeah. And that was, we missed that scene when um she was freaking out trying to delete all the things. Um, She wasn't selecting yeah. them fast enough. And Spencer says, control A, Hannah, control A. And she's like, what do you think I'm trying to do? And she's like, no, Hannah, like on the keyboard, control A. And she's like, oh. <laughs> yeah. Also, if Spencer has that knowledge, why didn't she just do it? No deal. Because she has to yell at her first. Yeah. Where's the fun in that? Um, so that's the next episode now. So next episode with Hannah focuses a lot about on her friendship with Mona. Yeah. Um, Mona wants her to go shopping with her for an outfit or something or other. And... Hannah's bailing on her and says, we'll do it tomorrow. While this is happening, Mona gets a text and looks really uncomfortable. And um, as Hannah walks away, we see the text and it says, Hannah's mummy may have saved her ass, but who's going to save yours? A. So we can see that Mona's um, getting A text again. So Mona raises it later that she's previously gotten A text about Hannah having liposuction and stuff when they had that big fight. Yeah. When they're trying on clothes, Mona gets another text and it has a photo this time. The photos of Wilden and Ashley together kind of kissing in the window. And she just tells her that this person, this creep A, has like been watching her and says that she needs to like stop stealing, return the necklace that she has and that, you know, she's sending her these hats for the photos and that it's totally photoshopped, right? And this is the first time Hannah finally tells the girls what happened between her mum and Wilden because that she also tells them about... Mona getting a text messages and Hannah's like really freaking out now about what might happen to her mum if the truth like really did get out there yeah. she's asking her mum like would you lose your job or you know what would happen and um Ash's like I could lose you and then the next thing that happens is that Mona comes up to Hannah and says I thought you know there was no truth to this and shows her a, a torn up arrest report that um has been taped together and it's from a and Ace told her that she needs to send that and the photo to the Rosewood Observer by 10 a.m. tomorrow. And Hannah finally tells Mona about A. Um, and Hannah's um, Mona's upset that she never confided in her earlier. And they're going to try and work together to sort it out before she has to go turn it in before the deadline. Because as much as she loves um, Hannah's mum, she's not going to go to jail for her. Because the thing is that Ace blackmailing to tell the police and stuff about Han- um, Mona's, you know, robberies. Ashley is cleaning for the first time ever in this whole series and um, starts cleaning up the counter and sees later on she confronts Wilden about it. And Wilden is freaked out because he's like, well, it wasn't me because I could actually lose my job if this gets out. Yes. And yeah, and I think this is the start of, because it was signed A as well, right? So this is the start of the parents, I think, starting to clue on to what's been happening with A. Because yes. we've got Ella has found two letters from A and now yep. um, Ashley has found Ashley something has signed one. by A. 
And also she's getting suspicious about who this person that keeps forcing Hannah to do stuff is. Trying to think what else happens. And then um, um, it's the next day, right? The next day. Yeah. So Hannah sees Mona at school and um, Mona's just gone up to her locker and Hannah says to her, look, I don't blame you um, for the choice that you had to make. And Mona says, I went back to the jewelry store this morning and returned the necklace. Um, they called the police and I've got to do some community service now. She's got to serve slop to the homeless. And she says that she wouldn't um, do anything to hurt her best friend. Oh, and then Mona gets another A message. On her fruit. The thing I hate the most is, is A, tampering with food. I know. I'd be so anxious to eat anything. I know. And A does have a thing for tampering with their foods. A has a thing for tampering with their foods. Like there's the cereal, there's the worms, there's the Chinese takeout notes. Like A is all over their food. On Mona's apple, there's a note that says, you didn't bite this time, but you will. Hannah happens to be walking past at the time and um, she sees it and she invites Mona to come sit with the girls at the table. The next thing is all about the Spencer stuff. So I think we can leave Hannah there. Yep. I think that is all for Hannah. And then we're on to all the good, good drama of this episode, of these episodes rather. I know. Because it all happens in Spencer's storyline. Yes, so they're all in Spencer's living room. All of the girls are there. And we've briefly mentioned this already, but there's a note um, in the red coat which has a phone number on it. And Spencer basically goads Emily into calling the number, um, saying that she was afraid and stuff. Um, And they call the number. It gets no answer. And so they leave a note saying that, Hi, I'm Vivian Sprang. Please give me a call back. And for some reason, Jason is at the school again. Dropping off forms. Yeah. Um, so he says that he's been in Georgia and that's why he's been out of town. Um, and he wants Spencer to tell Peter to give him a call back. Um, she's like, why don't you tell him, call him yourself? And he's like, I already have. I've left messages. Tell him he needs to call me. This isn't going away. And he won't tell Spencer what it's about. Yeah. And then um, Ella um, comes over and yes. she asks Jason if he can volunteer for the truth update. Um, yeah and he's like nah I'm busy and then like um Spencer says oh yeah my parents are still doing it and then he's like actually maybe I'll do it since you're so desperate I don't remember exactly what triggers this but Spencer has a flashback to something um she has a flashback to Veronica and Peter fighting about a kiss between Jason and Melissa one time while they're up in their room with Allison. And Allie wants to listen in and Spencer doesn't. She says she doesn't want to hear this. And um, Allie's like, oh, so Spencer's like, you know, it doesn't even mean anything. Like Melissa doesn't even like Jason. She's obsessed with Ian. And Allie says, oh, she better not because it'd be a match frowned upon by the gods. And Spencer's just like, yeah, okay, Allie, whatever. And, um, yeah, Spencer puts, like, two and two together and she now thinks Jason might be Peter's son. Yes. <clears throat> so the first thing she does is she goes and confronts Jason. Yes. Uh, well, she also gets a text from A that says, like, don't be scared, we're all family, some more oh. than others. Yes, that's right. How does A know what flashback she just had? <laughs> <laughs> he just does, this, okay? This was my... um thing like i understand a is all seeing and all watching but literally how did a see the flashback she just had because without that context that text would have made no sense you know a sees everything even what's in her head (laughs) even what's in her brain exactly 
A is just their collective conscience. That's my latest theory. <laughs> oh my god, that'd be so good. That would be a mad it's like theory. The, yeah, it's like the guilt oh that's god. been there since like they blinded Jenna, basically, because yes. it was started with Allison, right? Yes. Yes. Okay, we're writing a show. This is the solution. <laughs> this is the alternative, um, like Pretty Little Liars thing. If um, it, if it was rewritten. Yeah, that's yeah. what I was looking for. Thank you. I was semi-right with this as well. Of course you were. You were not. I was. <laughs> you were absolutely not You right. literally said, you said, everyone knows about this affair except Jessica. <laughs> yeah. I was semi-right with this. Also, they, you they did not say, no, 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 because you also didn't say that he was Peter's son. You said the opposite. You said he was Jessica's kid. No, who uh, did Veronica's you say? kid. I don't. I remember. Yeah, it was one of the women. It was yeah. Veronica's kid, and she didn't know about it. That's what you were claiming. Yes, that was what you, you were never, saying. You never got around to saying Peter was the father. You kept saying Veronica was the mum, but she didn't know it for some reason. Well, I was some right. There is a. There is a. No, you were not. You were not right. Okay, then I'm predicting half of the shows in the universe. There was an affair of some sort. <laughs> <laughs> it was an affair of some sort. Someone slept with someone and had a baby. Yeah, Not exactly. I said most shows. And also there are affairs in Jane the Virgin. There so are so many, many affairs. affairs in Jane the Virgin. So many affairs in Jane the Virgin. I only watched like half of Well, even in season one, the very first affair is Petra sleeping with um Raphael's best friend and he dies in episode one. Yeah. Truth. So many affairs. Don't even start with me, Sadie. <laughs> okay, bro. I was close, so. Okay, bro, but you weren't. <laughs> so, yes. Yeah, so she approaches Jason, asks her about Peter being his dad, and he's like, who told you? Yeah. And she says, Allie. <laughs> Allie told me, but I only just heard it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, I would have more questions. <laughs> yeah. And he's like, yeah, that makes sense. Like, I see this for you. Yeah. <laughs> I'm really smart, um, but I don't know my 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 head from my elbow. Yeah, I'm gonna say ass. Um, but yes, and then Spencer approaches her mum about the issue, and Veronica just says, you know, she got past it, and that it was like something that they should talk about at home. And Spencer's like, I don't even want to look at him because it changes everything. Yeah. I don't know why Spencer's acting like she's the one that got cheated on. Yeah, I know. And also she's like, what is home? That's a joke. And she takes off. Yeah, that's a joke. And then she like ends up, we find out in the next episode, she's been staying with Aria for like a week. Yeah. Like, you know, it sucks and everything that your dad didn't tell you about this or didn't wasn't a part of this guy's life and stuff like that. And they were like next door. It does suck. Like I get it. But yeah. your mum is the one who has been wronged. You didn't exist yet. It was before they were married. Like yeah. it's none of your damn business. Yeah. You don't have a a right to know. You don't have a right to be this, like, crappy about it and judging your mum for accepting it, for keeping your family together. Yeah. Agree. And, yeah, like Veronica said, if I had found out earlier, you wouldn't be born. Exactly. Exactly. And, yeah, Yeah. I just – Spencer making this whole thing about her really bugged me. I'm like, maybe, like, show some sympathy for your mum. So this would have been really hard for you to deal with and to get past, like – but also, they get that call back from the number um, in the middle of the night when everyone's asleep. 
And these girls are, like, yeah. literally screaming in the hallways to each other. And they're the only ones that yeah. have woken up. Like, everybody else sleep, sleeps through this. And they're having a full-on normal, regular conversation in the big hall where everyone's yeah. sleeping together. But, yeah, so they, they get the call and they agree that they're going to meet with this person to discuss the Vivian Darkbloom yeah. issue. Yeah. So Spencer's looking for Jason and she finds him basically and Jason says, you, you have to go talk to your dad. She's like, I don't want to talk to my dad. Um, and I'm then Jason tells her that. <laughs> yeah, I'm talking to you. Um, and Jason says that he found another box, like a box that Ali liked and he found it in the floorboards at his grandma's house. And there were letters from Jessica and Peter to each other and $15,000 in cash envelopes, $5,000 in each one. Jason thinks that Ali was blackmailing Peter, basically, to keep this quiet. Yeah. And is um, this what we think Jason wants from Peter? Like, I'm assuming he doesn't want to go on a father-son fishing trip, as someone made that joke. He wants to know, yeah, I don't know. whether Ali was blackmailing him, because that thing never became clear to me. Like, he's been chasing Peter all this time. But, like, what does he actually want from Peter? Maybe he thinks Peter killed Ali. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like, is that why he's following up with Peter? If so, uh, why not go to the cops? Like, why are you just chasing yeah, Peter I, on your own? I and didn't get that vibe for some reason. I kind of saw it as, like, he's just angry that, you know, he's been lied to by, you know, his parents and also the guy living next door who was, like, his dad the whole time. He just, like, went about his life knowing that it's his son and just did nothing about it. Yeah, but like, what does he I actually he just want wanted from to like, him though? Like, what does he want from this? How I is he going to get out of it? I know. I just assumed he wanted to be angsty. I didn't really think that far into it, but that was my understanding, my best guess. Yeah. The best thing I could put is he might want to um, ask him about whether Allison was blackmailing him or not. But yeah, like, I feel like if you've got yeah. something that juicy, you go to the cops, right? I guess he still doesn't really trust the cops after the whole, like, Ali's first investigation, right? I guess so. Yeah, so Aria goes to meet the guy from the phone and she's sitting in a booth waiting for him and the other three girls are sitting in the booth behind her just eavesdropping into the conversation. And she's got a yeah. copy of um, Lolita on the table with her. I'm assuming that's what he was looking out yeah. for when he got there. Um, her recognising factor. Um, and the first thing he asks is, how much money did Vivian owe you? And Aria's like, what? Vivian owed you money? Um and, said, and she says that, and he's like, yeah, she did. Um, apparently this guy worked at a cell phone company and yeah. uh, Vivian wanted information. Um, and he was looking into something about, um, and he thinks that Aria is Allison. And Aria's surprised yes. and she's like, wait, she told you about Allison? And um, yeah. he said that Allison was getting texts from somebody, um, but the number was blocked and she wanted to know who it was. So she reached out to this guy who worked for the cell phone company and um, he was looking into it and he gave her some information about it. But he apparently made the silly mistake of giving her the information before he got his money and um, mm-hmm. Vivian never paid him. So now he says he yeah. wants $2,000 if he's going to give that same information to Aria. So he writes down his number and he leaves. Um, the girls don't know how they're going to pay for this. His name is Jonah. Well, yeah, he says asks for Jonah. Um, the girls start talking about what they're going to do. None of them have the money to pay for it. 
Yeah, I was gonna say immediately everyone's like everyone's like Spencer. Like, why is this only her responsibility? Like, I get her family has money, but like, you know, you're all in this together. Like, don't immediately be like, so Spencer, how are you gonna pay for this? Yeah. Also, I feel like they're all well enough off that they could get five hundred dollars each. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't have to be all from the same source. No, it doesn't. Or even if like. You know, someone had two fifty, someone had seven fifty. Like it all would add up. Like you know, yeah. Spencer kind of says, "I'll see what I can do," and yeah. she sneaks back into her own house and she starts heading upstairs. So I'm wondering if she had like a secret stash or something that she was going to use or look for or something like that. Mm. Um, but she's about to go through her dad's checkbook first when you know he comes in quickly, and she yeah. throws it down. So I wasn't sure actually if she was going to write herself a check or if she was going to be checking his checkbook for checks to Allison because or checks to cash even because um, I assumed the first part because surely after like over a year he'd have a new checkbook. Yeah, I'm I was sure. thinking she was looking for checks to Allison. That's how, what was my initial thought. Peter kind of stops her and he's like, I'm glad you're here. And he explains the whole story. He says he cheated on um, – Veronica, when she was in Boston, they were both getting their degrees and um, he found out that Jessica was pregnant and that she was going to keep the baby, but they moved away and he never knew about anything until they moved back and next door. And she never asked why they, he never asked why they moved back because he was afraid of the answer and they just never addressed it. So he's got plausible deniability. Yeah. Then he says he wasn't blackmailing um, Allison. Allison wasn't blackmailing him. Yeah, the other way around, what Sadie said. Yeah. Yeah, I was going to say one thing that we forgot to mention because it kind of um, sits with Hannah's timeline, but it makes more sense to mention it now in Spencer's timeline. When Ashley and Hannah go to the police station to meet Wilden, he tells them that uh, it's about Allison's murder investigation. And he mentions yes. that the pages of the autopsy report have been stolen. And like all mm-hmm. copies of all pages, and um, the police are looking into it, but they found a girl, a photo of the girls dressed as the candy stripers, hanging out outside the morgue, thinks that they're involved with the disappearance of that page. So the police are on to them about all that stuff, um, and they've got to kind yeah. of try solve this stuff quickly so that they don't get in trouble for Allison's murder. Yeah, and um, Hannah's excuse for that was we were just having a prank. We didn't know they were like records in there if someone dared us to go into the morgue we were just messing around we dared spencer to go in the morgue so now when i come to visit i'm going to dare you to go into a morgue and i'll do it <laughs> i'm not scared exactly and then spencer's at home and she gets to knock at one of her many doors i'll never go over how many doors spencer's house has but whatever yeah but she gets to knock at one of the doors it's never her front door either just saying it's always a side door yeah um and spencer opens it it's jason and he says you know she thinks she knows why and she says sorry she thinks she knows why ali needed that money and what she was using at least some of it for and jason's like you're right i think i wanted it to be peter i wanted a reason to be angry kind of a thing asked her what she was going to do with that money and he says she says i can find out we're gonna have to trust me a whole lot and he's like how much and she says two thousand dollars worth Okay, and then we're up to our last episode of this episode. And we start off with Spencer telling Melissa about the whole Jason thing. Yes. 
Good to see our girl Melissa back. Spencer and Arya go to meet Jonah and all of the other girls want to go too, but um, they don't want to spook him. But when they go to meet Jonah, Spencer's so weird. Like I've yeah. never seen her so awkward and weird. So yeah, the guy comes the money. up to her and is like, yeah, she's like, yeah, I'm the money. And Arya's like, yeah, like, and pulls her back to sit down. Yeah. Um, it was just such a weird scene. Um, you know, she gives she gives him over the money and he hands him a piece of paper and it has an address on it. Um, the yeah. calls came from burner phones, so he couldn't figure out what the number was um, or who they were, but he could give them an address. Spencer wants half the money back since she only got half the info and he's like, you basically got this for free. This is the money that your friend owed me. Yeah. They want to go to that address, but they see that Garrett's been watching them and just snacking out of his car and smirking at them. So they're like, we can't go to this address right now. Yeah. And I guess on the side of all of this, Hannah and Caleb's still been working on the videos, right? So he has sent Hannah an email and says to open it immediately. Um, And when she opens up the video, she's with the girls. They're all hanging out. And um, it turns out Caleb has opened up more of the video so we can see a bit more. So we get to that scene of that video where they're like, oh, my God, she's coming, she's coming, and everyone's quieting out and they're worried that it's going to be the last few seconds of Alison's life. But then Melissa just walks in and says, where is she? Yeah. Um. And then this is the thing I wanted to talk about because it's what really confused me. Suddenly everyone's like, oh, my God, we need to go to the police. And I'm like, what has changed? What has changed right now besides the addition of one other person in that room? Like still everyone else in there, there's Jenna there, there's Garrett there, there's Ian there, there's Jason sleeping downstairs in the house and, and Melissa walks in. So what is Melissa's presence doing that's making you like this has to go to the police right now? She had exactly. motive. They all had motive. Exactly. And they're right. That's and, what um, can... Spencer was right. Like, they want to give everybody else a break. And then Melissa shows up and they're like, cops now. Yeah. But also, they don't trust the cops because of Garrett. Who's in that video. <laughs> Who's in that video. Which is the reason. Which is why they didn't send it to begin with. So I just don't yeah. get why. Suddenly it's cops now, cops now, because Melissa's in it. Like, yeah, I just don't get it. And everyone's, like, shitting on Spencer, being like, we have to do it right now. Spencer, <laughs> talk to your sister right now. <laughs> right now. <laughs> yeah, because even when Spencer's like, let me at least talk to her first, she's yeah. like, Hannah's like, go talk to her, Spencer, like, now. <laughs> yeah. And then they all storm off in a half and then keep texting her, have you spoken to her yet? And it's been 10 minutes. It's the same night. Yeah. Like, no, bro, she's probably pregnant. We don't know what's going on yet. Spencer does go to meet Melissa in a bar of all places. Like, she's pregnant, bro, but whatever. Yeah, she's pregnant Um, and you're underage. Yeah, so I would think a bar is the last place you're meeting, but whatever. So Spencer's in there about to meet Melissa to ask her, you know, why she was in Allison's room like a year and a half ago and does a shot out of anxiousness. Yeah. Um, and also, of course, what bar have you ever been in where they've left three shots of alcohol unguarded on the bench? Also, if there's three shots of alcohol unguarded, you don't want to drink it. Yeah, you don't drink. Yeah, don't drink random drinks. Yeah, no one just pours three shots and leaves them on the bar. Like they're either going to someone or they're doing something. They don't just leave it there and walk off. Yeah, but I think Sadie's point was that you don't drink any unguarded drinks yeah oh yes also very true also very true like we learned that from veronica mars yeah yes um every after school special dr wren at the scene once again and 
is like, oh, I assume having a meal with you and Melissa's out of the question then. Mm. Like, what do you think? You cheated on this woman with her little sister who's underage and you're still hitting on her like a year later. At a bar she's not supposed to be in while she's still underage. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. When she's like, oh, you know, you better go because Melissa's about to come in. And he's like, oh, speak of the devil, she's there. And they both watch her from the window as she jumps into Garrett's car and says, text Spencer and says, you know, meet tomorrow, class ran late. Yeah. And Um, Spencer's all like, she doesn't even know Garrett that well. Yes. And then Ren informs us that Garrett was with her at her last doctor's appointment. Yes. How random. Also in the video. Yeah. Saucy. Well, I assumed in the video that she was there to be with um, Ian, right? Because that's her partner at the time. Yeah. Yeah, but like she knows him clearly is what we're saying. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They used to to run the same circles. Yeah. Yeah, gotcha. Okay, so since um, you had so much you want to say about Ren, why don't you talk about this next part? Yeah, so they go back to his house and she ends up spending the night there. Like, I don't don't think they did anything. Yeah, well, they didn't because she like aggressively hit on him. And was like, yes. acting like a stuck dress dancing around, thought you fancied me, blah, blah, blah. And he's like, I yeah. do. That's why I don't want to do anything when you're drunk. Yeah. And this yeah. is meant to make us believe he's some good guy. Like, yeah. no, you're still inappropriately aged for her. You're still relentlessly hitting on a teenager who's your fiance's little sister. Who you so unprofessionally, like, spoke to her boyfriend like a week ago. Mm. Yeah. It's really I used gross. to like Ren and, um, until until he was being an unprofessional doctor, Toby. Nah, I didn't like Ren even when at the very beginning because she was so like not age appropriate, like, and he should know better. Yeah, and you know she wakes up at like ten o'clock or something, realizes she's just late for school, and um, he's like, yeah, she's he's kind of just like you know if you need to sleep on my couch again, you're welcome to, and she's like, I might take you up on that. They make out and then she has to run off to school. That whole... Which is, like, know. a big clue that your partner is not suitable for you when she's like, gotta go, I'm late for school, and you are not in school. Yeah. And it's not even, Agreed. like, a university school. Yeah. It's like a high school. It's like a high school. But the next thing that happens with Spencer is she's at home and she's watching the video again with her back facing the door, and while Melissa's face shows up, Melissa's standing behind her again. Yeah. Like, I don't know how... No one can ever not see their faces, but they can't. They have facial yeah. blindness to themselves. Yeah. And um, Melissa says, uh, Spencer says, sorry, I know you lied to me. I saw you get into Garrett's car. And Melissa's like, I know, I know. Um, I want to explain it to you, but just not here because I don't want to deal with mum and dad. Let's go. And Spencer leaves her laptop and computer at home and she follows her out. And um, the other thing that happens to the rest of the girls while this is all happening to Spencer is that um, Ari, Hannah and Emily go to that address in the middle of the night that Jonah gave them. Yes. I don't know. It's creepy. So they get there and um, there's some envelopes sticking out of the door. Managed to grab one, but the rest get pulled away. And then there's like a really creepy looking old guy um, inside and he yes. yells at them. And then they run off um, and they're scared and um, Aria uh, falls down and hurts her leg. But she takes a leather with her. Her leather. The letter. Oh, a letter? letter. Yeah, she takes the letter with her. Um, but also, can I point out, I forgot to point out in this episode, Arya's leggings were out of this world, con- weird. Why was it one black leg and one 
leopard print leg and why does she wear them everywhere? I don't know. I hated them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, those, those leggings were actually horrendous. Um, I don't know why she wore them everywhere, but she did. Yeah. But I liked her hair in this episode. I liked the like messy ponytail with like yeah, you know, some her side hair was pieces nice. down for her. Yeah, really her hair was her nice. Mm. But yes, so after they take the letter, um, it kind of pulls up to be a dead end because Hannah's searching it up. She thinks it's something important, but, um, you know, it closed six months ago and it's just a dead end and they got scammed is basically what Arya says. Um, yeah. But later on. Yeah, so the uh, envelope had uh, like a law firm's um, details oh, on yes, it. yes, sorry. Yeah, and they're trying to figure out sorry, if it means FWL anything. FWL legal. FWL legal, yeah. They're trying to figure out if it means anything and, um, yeah, they realise it's closed. They think it's a dead end, yeah. Then we see Hannah's in her room organising her cupboard and her mum comes in and sees the envelope and says, oh, what's this doing here? And she's, oh, nothing. It just got mixed in with our mail. And um, Ashley's like, oh, that's so weird. Um, and she's like, oh, do you recognise that company? And she's like, yeah, it's the company I use for my divorce. And Hannah says, why would you use that? It's on the, all the way on the other side of town. And um, did you know someone there? And she was like, yeah, I did. Um, Melissa Hastings. Dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. She was interning there at the time. Yeah. Yes. And um, that is like the only thing that they can have that might like make Melissa look sus. But they didn't know that before they started going after Melissa. So I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, why? It's true. She was in a room once two years ago, okay? Yeah, she was in a room once and she interned somewhere one time. Yeah. So. And that's um, yeah. everything that happens in these episodes for everyone, I think. Yeah, I think so. Anyway, who has a worst sister story? This one is known as the night we had to bu- fight a bunch of mosquitoes. So when we um when we stayed in one of the places in South Australia, um, the, the areas were starting to flood. So there's been a lot of floods in that area. And this particular spot was um, starting to flood. And so because the water levels were higher, um, there were a lot of mosquitoes around. We literally tried to keep in, as soon as it was nightfall, we tried to just stay in the um, camper van that we were in because getting out meant that you had to be attacked by mosquitoes. Um, we tried to get around it. So we had, um, in our camper van, it's got a bathroom and a shower, but we didn't want to use it the whole time because we didn't want to have to clean it. Right. So we used the, um, toilet and shower at the places we stayed at. The sites always had, um, some, so we used those, but that night we were like, we don't want to leave this place. So, um, we're actually like really tempted to use it. We actually, we ended up surviving and not needing to, but we had to like, Every time we left the camper van or came back in the camper van, we had to do it in complete darkness. So I turned off all the lights to try and keep the mosquitoes out. So like when I had to go bathroom, yeah. I turned off all the lights. So my husband had to sit in the dark in the camper van and I ran out of the door <laughs> and literally ran to the bathroom and back because I didn't want mosquitoes to get me. But even with that, <laughs> um, mosquitoes would still get into the camper van. So then we'd... <laughs> Like my husband and I had a thong each, <laughs> like swatting mosquitoes <laughs> for about five minutes after every um entry and re-entry into the cabin. It was um a wild, crazy time. What chaos! Oh my god, it was. 
And also, like, mosquitoes are scary because you can get diseases and stuff. We had a similar thing happen with Kadir once. Just remind me of a a worse sister story. So we had just Jemmy back then. So we went on a we went on like a day trip. What was supposed to be a day trip, right? Yeah. And we also had like my brother in law's kid that we were supposed to be babysitting and then <laughs> day trip funded. <laughs> I like how you said we were supposed to be babysitting. We does were this... babysitting. Yeah but right? does this imply like, that you didn't? It implies no, that we supposed to be a day back. trip. Oh yeah. It was supposed day, to be a day trip. trip. So she was babysitting trip. Yeah, no, it's she said it was supposed okay. to be a day trip and we had a kid we were supposed to be babysitting. No, okay, so let me re- let me rephrase it all. Okay, so we were babysitting my brother-in-law's kid. Yeah. Right? And I had just the one child. So we had two kids with us and we decided instead of like sitting in the house all day, let's just go for a day trip. So we hmm. got in the car and we drove, right? Um, and we got to the place that we were supposed to go to. But on the way back, we had something happen. Like we had car trouble. Um. So we ended up having to stay the night where we were. So I'd never ended up actually bringing the kid back. He just stayed with us the entire night. (laughs) (laughs) This is like, you know, when you bring in a late movie rental, they judge you enough. But like when you bring a late kid. No, when you bring a late kid, I'm pretty sure that the, the parents of said kid are having the time of their life. Oh, you had an accidental sleepover? How sad. Oh, no. <laughs> um, right? So so we're staying in this, like, um, it's, it's like a, I would say it's like a little bungalow by the seaside, like a motel-type bungalow thing. So it's like one room for the mm. four of us. There's enough beds in there, so we're all in the beds. But the amount of flies and mosquitoes was ridiculous. Yeah. The aircon wasn't working, was in the middle of summer. And, like, we're right by the seaside, so humidity humidity was high. So, we're, like, the, the mosquitoes were massive, right? So, the kids are crying all night. And I said to Khalid at one point, let's just go sleep in the freaking car because this is ridiculous. <laughs> like, this is ridiculous. We couldn't get any sleep. So, Khalid had the bright idea of how to get rid of these um these mosquitoes. And it worked. He, got, it- the, uh, he got the top sheets from the beds. Yeah. He soaked them in water. And he just draped them over the kids, and because the because the sheets were um, wet, they could the mosquitoes couldn't get through them. So we'd literally just have like a nose hole left for them to breathe through. <laughs> <laughs> and they got to sleep. And then once they were asleep, and we knew that they were fine, we did the same thing for us. And we're like cuddled up under this single, under this single top sheet that's wet. <laughs> so like, this is the worst thing ever. <laughs> And all you could see was, like, our forehead, eyes, and nose. The rest of our bodies was, like, covered in this drenched sheet. But it got rid of, like, we didn't get bitten after that. We did go home looking like we had chicken pox. I can't believe you guys don't know that one. No, you did tell us that before. But I didn't realise you had an extra kid with you. That's it for episode 15 of Shadeswoods. You can contact us on Twitter at SisterWorst, TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, and Reddit on at WorstSisterShire. Um, if you have any comments, thoughts, or things you want us to talk about or look out for in the next episodes, please reach us on one of these. Thanks. Okay. You guys want to wrap up with a hard bum? Yep. Mm-hmm. Okay. One, two, three. Hard bum. Hard bum. Bye.